This is all Sunday school, right? It's just, just hang out with me. Parents cool with that? What do you think, Tucker? I'll, I'll be entertaining, I promise. You can, yes, you can color. There's books on the back if you'd like to color. Um, those uh, in The table actually in the back is for the kids. Someone dropped that off at our house. It's a giant box of coloring books and all that kind of stuff. So we're going to bring a bunch tonight to the church service too. So I know, right? Drew just told me not to catch myself on fire, which would be bad. Which actually reminds me, I was talking to Liam at the door today. Um, a famous author from New England, he was born in Massachusetts, but spent most of his life in Portland, Maine, uh, is a guy named Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. And many of you guys know him for Hiawatha, and many of you know him for uh, the Christmas Bells. And the Christmas Bells were, were written in a year that was really, really, really difficult for Henry. Henry that year had lost his wife. And he lost his wife actually to fire. She caught her dress on fire. He ran in, tried to save her. She died the next day of burns. He was burnt so bad in trying to save her, he couldn't attend her funeral. And for the rest of his life, wore long, long hair and a very long beard to cover up his facial scars from that. That also was the year that his son enlisted in Lincoln's army in the Civil War to fight for the North. And so he went south. And that was really hard for Henry. And so Henry was, I think kind of feeling bad for himself on Christmas Eve and it said I or Christmas Day he said I heard the bells on Christmas Day their old familiar carols play and what's beautiful is he walks through his pain in that poem and talks about how there is no peace on earth I said right and he, and that's hard he said there is no peace on earth I said because of how hard his year was but then he said I listened long the bells prolong. God is not dead, nor does he sleep. That's cool, because Henry worked out his faith in that poem. How beautiful it is. Written in the 1800s, and we still have it today. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. They're all familiar. Carol like, I feel very spoiled to live in a place where tonight at midnight, I'll probably still be up, because we get home around 10, 10.30. Kids want to watch a movie in the living room, I will hear the Catholic bells from the church here at midnight. And that to me, oh, I get chills just thinking about it. I really love that. Because where I lived in Maine, you, could, you couldn't hear them. They were just, you know, that was a long way away to town. So, um, anyway, where was I going with all that? That was awesome. Drew told me not to catch on fire. That's where my mind goes. Um, we got a small group. We got a small group. Is there, I, I I'd like to ask a question of you guys to see if maybe you'd be willing to share. Um, what is one of your favorite Christmas traditions? Does anyone have a favorite? We can share a couple. I, I like these. We can, like We did this at the staff meeting the other day, and Drew shared about a pickle that his mom hides in the tree. I guess it's a thing. They actually, yes, it's a thing. A spider? Yeah. That's so pickle, pickle and a spider. <laughs> Sat down beside her. Wow. Patty. It's considered a good luck if your Christmas tree has a bird's nest in it. So we kept the same bird's nest from year to year until it finally crumbled. We ended up. Where was it? He found that. He found a skeleton of a bird. Completely perfect, except for no 
Sunday I was sitting having a cup of tea with a friend and I looked up at my Christmas tree and it was a dead bird. <laughs> 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 he lasted quite a while until, until the dog ate it. <laughs> oh, the Christmas of the Noels is also... If, so Patty said if you find a, a, a bird's nest in your Christmas tree, it's considered good luck. So they had one that lived with them for a long time, the bird's nest, and then it kind of died. And then Liam found the perfectly petrified dead bird and put it in their tree, and it lasted in their tree until the dog ate it. <laughs> She's a beaut, Clark. That's awesome. Anybody else? Christmas traditions? Christmas? Even kids, you guys can chime in. Stop. Well, uh, kind of gave me the warm and fuzzies was uh, I grew up Catholic, and attending midnight mass, I enjoyed that because it was just out of the norm. It was late at night with your young kid, and the music was good. It was just uh, different than your... Midnight Mass. How about kids? Does any of you guys' kids have a favorite? Oh, your kids, Trish, go for it. <laughs> My mom would always make us her breakfast every Christmas. Cinnamon rolls and a pile of sugar and bacon. Pineapple and bacon? I guess Christmas morning breakfast, and it was awesome. Pineapple and bacon? Hawaiian breakfast. Hawaiian breakfast. We got all three Corys. All right, we'll start with Hattie. <laughs> uh, we usually um, go home after we um, have Christmas Eve service, and we all watch. We go with the living room, all of us sleep in the living room, and sometimes um, our interns come through. All the Corys sleep in the living room. And then we watch a movie. And we watch a movie, and if Dad gets to choose, it's Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> Jesse. an idea for you. And so that wasn't a tradition, that was an idea. If you want to put candy canes on the tree, kids will probably eat them, Jesse says. I'd like to know. And find them and eat them. I like I like it. Was that a hint? Yeah, that was a hint. I was saying. What about you, Barbies? Ken, what's, what's one of your favorites? You have a favorite food that you eat on Christmas? What, what's your mom? What, what do you guys eat for food? Mm. What's on the what's on the what's on your guys' table? All kinds of goodies. Ooh, Nutella and crepes. Are you guys French? No. No. <laughs> The crepes and Nutella, that sounds actually really good. You know what's cool about our house now is Jesse can eat tree nuts. So Nutella has made his way back into the Cory Hall. But I can't still have Nutella because it has um, milk in it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Just say it's enough. Okay, any more? Any more? Any more? Any more? Any more? Okay. So today we lit the candle of love. 
And we all know that love is not a noun. Although I do call my wife love. And that's a person, place, or thing is a noun. Right? But, huh? An idea is a noun. Ooh. A person, place, or thing, or an idea. Thank you, Amy. I love having teachers in the audience. Person, place, or thing, or an idea. That's a noun. But we know that love is a what? It's a verb. Yeah. Love is a ver- verb. And if you get to get a chance to Google that when you get home, there's a great Christian song from the 90s called Love is a Verb. And, and Nick's back there pumping his fist. It's by a band called DC Talk. Yep. Love is a verb. You go check it out. You keep kind of cranking to the 1990s, you know? Yeah. All right. Get my denim on. Let's go. Um, anyway, love is a verb. It's an action word. And the greatest action of love is found in John 3.16. For God so loved the world. So what happened? What happened? What's the action derivated from God's love? God loved the world so much he what? Gave. God loved the world. He gave his only son. Now, when it says God loved the world... You have to understand that that's the entire world. Every culture, every political party, every ideological thought, every race, every gender. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Well, I love John 3.17 too. And it says, Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn it, but to save it. Because God didn't send his son to condemn the world, but to save it through himself. So, today, we light, on Christmas Eve, the middle candle, the Christ candle. Yes. The middle candle is God's love. Go for it. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's an ultra kid safe one. You keep working out. You'll get it. Um, and what I loved about what Liam read today, if you want to understand and what uh, Patty Ritt did. If you want to understand love, I would, I, would, I would recommend this when you go home today. Read John, 1 John, excuse me, read 1 John chapter 1. What am I talking about? Read 1 John chapter 4. Thank you. Getting all my Johns mixed up. 1 John chapter 4. Read the whole chapter. And one of the verses in there will say this. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay our lives down for another. 1 John 4, 7 and 8. This is how we know what love is. See, Mom, I'll have to remind her tomorrow. It was worth giving me memory verses. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life. We're reading this Advent, and what it talks about is God opened the back door to heaven and sent his Son 
into the front door of the world. And he sent into the manger, and we talked about that in Bethlehem. But this was God's act of love that he gave his one and only son. And later on in 1 John 4, it says this, God is love. And that's what Liam read today. God is love. So I'd like to read what Patty read today, but everywhere it says the word love, I'm going to insert the word God. Because the Bible says to us, God is love. And then in 1 Corinthians 13, it gives us a definition of love. And here's what happens. Here's what happens. Fear and worry enter our lives when we forget the truth. And I'm going to read you truth today because we doubt it. We doubt what I'm about ready to read, and me included. Here we go. This is from 1 Corinthians 13. I'm taking the word love and I'm inserting the word God because 1 John 4 told us God is love. God is patient. God is kind. God is not jealous. God does not boast. God is not proud. God is not rude. God does not demand its own way. God is not irritable. God does not keep record of wrong. God does not rejoice in injustice, but God rejoices in the truth. God never gives up. God never loses faith. God is always hope. God always endures through all circumstances. And that's a difficult one for us to really understand, that whole piece. Because the good old evangelical in me says, no, God does keep a record of wrongs. And I'm up here saying, there is no penalty for sin. No, that's not what I'm saying. But if God kept a record of wrongs, I'm on the naughty list. But remember, God is love. He sent His Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish. And what happens is fear, worry, doubt, they creep in. And then what happens is we begin to believe the messages that are coming at us from all of the different angles. Right? Maybe it's commercialism. Maybe it's our own emotions. Maybe it's our own desires. Maybe it's, maybe it's different things. But we begin to th say this. This is what we'll say. Help is patient. Help is kind. Help is not jealous. Help does not boast. Help is not proud. Help is not rude. Help does not keep a record of wrong. Help does not man its own way. Help, right? Maybe that's you. What about this? Wealth is patient. Wealth is kind. Wealth is not jealous. It does not boast. <laughs> what about that? Huh? How about this one? Security is patient. Security is kind. Security is not jealous. It does not boast. It's funny, um, we watched The Man Who Invented Christmas. Have you seen that movie that's out right now? It's the true story about Charles Dickens and how he wrote A Christmas Carol. Uh, it's a very slow movie, but it's very good. I liked it a lot. And what happens is Charles Dickens writes these books, and his characters come to life to him. He's, you can definitely tell, you, you, you know those genius people, those absolutely brilliant, brilliant people? There is something up here that's not like you and me. 
right? And so Charles Dickens would go into his chamber, his room, and he would literally have arguments, verbal arguments with his characters to the point where he would throw things, smash chairs, break stuff, and then out of it would come Oliver Twist. Out of it would come the Christmas Carol. So we, we, are, we are very glad that he would go into his chamber and wrestle with his characters. But he was trying to come up with Scrooge. And he was trying to come up with the name. And he was in his chamber and he was like, Scoundrel. Scroopial. No, Scroogey. And he's trying to come up. And all of a sudden he goes, Scrooge. And all of a sudden, boom, Scrooge appears in his office. And he goes, yes. He goes, you and me, we've got a lot of work to do. Is what he says to Scrooge. And then he starts rattling off all of these words to Scrooge. He goes, I want you to tell me when I say something. I want you to tell me something that comes first to your mind. And he went through. For instance, he said, children. Scrooge said, worthless. He said, Christmas. He said, that's a poor excuse to pick a man's pocket every December the 25th. Remember that line? That's what Scrooge said to him. And then he said, money. And Scrooge said, security. See, that's what happens is we, we, we put in, it, 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 every one of us, it doesn't matter whether we claim to be Christian and go by the moral code or we are an atheist. We all believe something is love. We try to put love onto something, right? For me, I think it's, it's good times and relational connectivity. If I haven't had a good time in a while, I'm like, oh. And, and it, mine should read, good times are patient. Good times are trustworthy. Good times do not boast. Good times, you know. If you, I love the Christmas Carol because I'm in it. I'm one of the ghosts. Remember me telling you that? I am the ghost of Christmas present. I told you that, right? Every time I watch Christmas Carol, I'm like, whoa, that's me, you know? But what happens is I, I get addicted to good times, and when they don't come, I use them to fill my tank. I use them to try to squeeze love and fulfillment and all the things that God says he will do for me out of them, and I just come up empty-handed. And so today when we light the love candle... We must understand what love is. It's a dynamic action. And love, the original love, the original dynamic action of love is God sending his son to earth. So the middle, it's funny because the fourth candle was love. But essentially, the middle candle, the Christ candle, is the love candle. Because Christ is the fulfillment of God's love for earth. And that's what, that's what Christmas is all about. It's God opening the door of heaven, sending heaven's finest to earth to save you and me. That's what makes Christmas merry. So fun, we were watching the, the Charlie Brown Christmas the other day, right? And I love it. Uh, um, Charlie's sister, what's her name? Sally. Thank you, Sally. Thank you, Donna. Charlie's, Charlie's sister was writing a letter to Santa. And she's like, what's Santa's wife's name? And Charlie goes, Merry Christmas, I guess. Right? And she goes, 
She goes, Dear Merry Christmas, congratulations on keeping your own name. I thought she wrote, oh my God, <laughs> that was awesome. You know, and Hattie wants me to tell you guys our other favorite part of this. And I hadn't seen this for so long. I'd always seen the one with the Christmas tree, you know, the Charlie Brown Christmas tree. But there's another special that comes right after it. And Sally is preparing her lines for her thing in the play. And her, she's an angel, and her line is, hark. And the whole time she practices, hark, hark. And she goes, how's this sound? Hark. How are you doing? Hark. And she just practiced the whole episode on a harp. And poor Sally, she gets up front and she goes to say her line and she says, Hockey, hockey stick! Yeah. She yells, Hockey stick! I'm like, what? And it's because earlier in, earlier in the episode, when she was practicing her lines, Charlie Brown was playing with his hockey stick. And she gets up and she yells, Hockey stick! And what's a riot is, she says, she goes, after I say harp, Harold the angel is going to sing. <laughs> she goes, Harold the angel is going to sing after I say hark. Well, she was supposed to say hark to Harold. Right, but Charlie was like, there's no one named hark to Harold. Like, you're supposed to sing. I mean, there's no one saying Her named Harold angel, okay? You're supposed to sing hark to Harold angel sing. This guy's not named, you know, Harold angel. Well, anyway, the episode ends with the doorbell ringing, and Charlie goes to the door, and this kid goes, Hi, I'm Harold Angel with Sally Hope. <laughs> it's a great little episode. So if you haven't seen that one, you totally sh I love it. Because there's another time when they're in school, and I love that the, the adults in Charlie Brown go, Womp, 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 right? And that's totally how adults sound, huh? How they do. Um, so... Peppermint Patty and, um, come on, what's the girl that wears glasses? Oh, Marcy. Marcy. Marcy, thank you. Peppermint Patty and Marcy are talking, and Peppermint Patty is not listening to Marcy. And Peppermint Patty is, I hope that I get to, to, to be Mary in the play this year. I, I can't wait to be Mary in the play this year. And, Luce, and uh, Marcy goes, um, the teacher asked me yesterday, sir. And Peppermint Patty keeps going off. She's like, she's like, I just love being Mary in play. It's gonna be so great. And 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 Marcy says, um, the teacher asked me yesterday, sir. And then Peppermint Patty says, I love the part where where Gabriel talks to Mary. And then and then she says, I don't know why you like that scene, sir. You never listen anyway. <laughs> you know. And then what I love about Peanuts is it takes real life and adult life going, but. Um, that is just a little bit of a, of a preview to tonight's sermon. Uh, when it comes to the love candle, I'm going to talk about Linus tonight and Linus's blanket and how we all have a blanket. And there's this really cool part. There's some really deep theological things to uh, Charlie Brown. You should check it out. There it is. It's, it's, it's incredible. So um, let's just hang out. Happy Christmas Eve, right? So Merry Christmas Eve. This is the candles today. Love, hope, joy, peace. Who embodies all of those? Jesus Christ. And guess what? We are to embody those two. Can you do it on your own? Totally not. Galatians 5.22 tells you and me that the, the Holy Spirit comes into our lives when we trust Jesus as Savior. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, self-control. Those don't belong to me. <laughs> Live with me. You'll find out. 
But when the power of the Holy Spirit comes in me through the trust of Jesus Christ, the fruits of the Spirit are available to me and to you. So, yes, even when your in-laws visit for Christmas. Did you hear that commercial? Where some, there's some, some company that was like, we've got everything for you for Christmas to make your Christmas, you know, cheery and bright. And the lady says, um, I, need, I need something to make my, my Christmas cheery and bright. My in-laws have shown up the day before Christmas four years in a row unannounced and stayed there for a week. Yeah. Yeah. Merry and bright. I love little kids. Hattie goes, how is that funny? <laughs> when you get older. Uh, I love you, Mom. Lord, thank you so much for our beautiful little family here. Thank you that this can be a living room setting. Thank you for their attention. Thank you for um, speaking to us about love and about your son. Lord, um, tonight, you know, I ask for help too, Lord, because I know in doing two sermons today, I can get kind of all over the place. But tonight, Lord, I pray that you'd... I would ask that you help me keep it short, simple, to the point, and truth. Just straight up truth, Lord. Help me not to add anything or take anything away from the beautiful gospel that you are love, that you are joy, that you are peace, and that we can have hope in you.